Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, if you've got a Bible, um, either a physical copy or on your phones, then we are going to be in Matthew chapter 7 as we continue our series, um, looking, sort of concluding the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter 7 is where we are going to be in. And we look at just two verses, 13 and 14. It'll also come up on the screen in a bit. Life is a journey. I wonder how many times you've heard that phrase. Of course, journey implies a travel, you know, setting off from one place to another. And the point of the journey is obviously to get to a destination. So better, before you set off on your journey, you basically need to know where you're headed. You need to be about clear about your destination because that will set the course of your journey and it will determine the choices that you make along the way to get there. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I'm absolutely hopeless when it comes to directions. Uh, but not just that, uh, the, the thought of sort of getting lost going from A to B, it really sort of stresses me out. Um, I'm happy to say that Carol, my wife, is much better at directions and she often does the driving. Um, but one of the things I'm really grateful for is a sat-nav. How many of you have those sat-navs? You know, if I need to get somewhere, I, I always make sure that I'm checking the route online, getting that postcode off Google or wherever it is, and I put those in, um, and then I've set off. Uh, and I've discovered the hard way that actually you've got to follow the sat-nav, follow the directions. Otherwise, you sort of end up in completely the wrong place. Anyone had that experience, or is it just me? Or wait, maybe you used a map and had a similar experience. Like I said, we're in Matthew chapter 7, and the context of our passage, verses 13 and 14, is the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5 and 6, Jesus has been teaching the crowds and his disciples all about God's kingdom values, about what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus. Now, what's striking about the Sermon on the Mount is just how countercultural it is. If you haven't read it, can I encourage you to? It won't take long. Cup of tea and a sit down, five, ten minutes. That's all it'll take you to read the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew chapter 7 is what many biblical scholars call the conclusion of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And here Jesus is spelling out the implications of all his teachings. He's driving home the necessity of putting into practice what we've heard. He's saying, you, know, you can't just agree with what I've just said and leave it there. Jesus is saying, we've got to apply what we've learned, what we've heard him teaching. Now, nobody likes to be told what to do. You know, we want to be free to make our own choices, don't we? Um, how many of you like a good takeaway? A few nods, but no hands going up. But I'm assuming you like it. Well, I like a good Chinese. I've got in my hand our local um, Chinese takeaway menu. It's called Happiness. Um, they do a mean Singapore um, chow mein, which I absolutely love. And talking about choices, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely spoiled for choices here. Um, you can have a look later on. On it is listed, we've got 270 different items that you can choose from, plus some extras on the back. 
I'm spoiled for choices. And you know, choices are good. It's good to have choices in life. It's good to have the options of many things. But sometimes, I don't know about you, when I'm faced with that for the first time, I'm like, oh my, I don't know what to have. What should I choose? It's just a bit too much. Is it just me, or have some of you had a similar experience? Anyone been shopping this week? Grocery shopping? Few hands, yeah. Just take the bread aisle, for example. You're just hit with all these choices. Whole meal, white, toasted, untoasty, you name it, it's there. I just want a loaf of bread. Well, the good news this morning is that God gives us a choice. He allows you to decide certain things for yourself. Jesus is setting us before us two paths. He says we are free to make the choice because God gives us that freedom. But the paths that we choose lead to very different destinations. And our choices will have eternal consequences. Now, you might find these two verses quite uncomfortable to be here this morning. But let's be open and willing to listen to what Jesus wants to say to us. Let me read, or you can follow through on the screen. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus sets out before us two paths as we journey through life. And what Jesus is doing here is using a very common teaching method to contrast two decisions, two destinations. The gate you enter through ultimately determines your destination. Let's take a closer look um, and listen to what Jesus is saying to us. Let's begin by looking at the wide gate and considering some of its characteristics. Now, the wide gate is the entrance of the beginning of a broad and spacious road with plenty of room on it. It allows many people to enter without having to make any sacrifices. It's spacious, it's easy to follow. There's plenty of room on this broad road for everything. Whatever you want to believe, whatever you want to do, however you want to live, it's all okay with travelers on this road. You don't have to give up anything. And there's no limit to the amount of baggage you can carry with you on this road, be it the baggage of materialism, baggage of um, prejudice, uh, unkindness, um, hatred and an unforgiving spirit, being envious, being jealous. Any number of baggage you want to carry, you can carry on this road. You can believe whatever you want to believe on this road. You're free to amble along leisurely at your own pace. Basically, the broad road is super user-friendly, and it requires no concentration, no commitment. Just hit cruise control and enjoy the soft and easy road. Because on this road, you are king. You can make your own decisions. You don't have to answer to anyone. You can live life as you please. You can go where you want to, be what you will, do what you want to do. It's your life. You get to call the shots. It's an easy way to live because there's no one to please but yourself. 
Jesus says that many enter by the wide gate that leads onto this broad road. Why? Because there are no restrictions concerning belief and behavior. It's the path of least resistance. Sounds very attractive, doesn't it? Why take the narrow path when you can choose the spacious road where you're in the driving seat calling all the shots? Why? Because Jesus says, in the end, it leads to destruction. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? It looks good, it looks easy, it looks inviting, it looks promising. It's, it looks like the safe road because um, there are lots of people journeying on it, you're part of the crowd, you're having a good time, you're going with the flow. But in the end, Jesus says that actually it leads to death and destruction. Proverbs 14, 12 describes this path like this. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The trouble is that if we are left to our own devices, we all choose to walk along the wide road because we don't want to be told what to do or how to live or how to behave. And the Bible says, that the way of sin and rebellion often looks more attractive. Because the person who forgets God, they can ignore his ways and they don't need to practice any sort of self-denial or exercise any self-discipline unless they choose to or they want to. Sin often seems so natural, but repentance and turning back to Jesus often feels very unnatural. You know, we hate to admit our errors and change our ways. So, um, sin seems easy and the life of faith can seem really hard. In the end, says Jesus, staying on this broad road leads to death and separation from God. In contrast to the wide gate, listen to what Jesus has to say about the narrow gate. Verse 13, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now, the narrow gate represents the beginning or the starting point of the way that leads to life. But this path is small, it's constricted. It's not very wide, which makes it much harder to walk along. Entering onto this path requires self-denial. It requires a confession of sin recognizing that we are out of sync with how God wants us to be living. It requires a change of behavior, a change of direction from self-reliance to Christ-reliance. It's hard because we've got to lay down our pride, our selfishness, our self-centeredness. We've got to acknowledge that we don't really have it all figured out. We have to lay down our self-righteousness and look to the righteousness of Jesus. It requires self-denial and obedience. On the narrow road, there's no room for all the baggage that we often carry, you know, be that the baggage of uh, material goods or having an unforgiving spirit or just walking along like we're in charge, we know it all. And Jesus sort of addresses some of these things in chapters 5 and 6. 
There's a great contrast between these two gates and the paths that they lead to. One is spacious and it's easy to walk along and there's no one to answer to because you're in charge, you're in the driving seat. And the other one is small and narrow and it requires letting go of self and embracing Jesus and his ways. On this road, you're in the passenger seat and Jesus is in the driving seat. Yes, it's a tough road to travel, but it leads to life in the kingdom of God. So what are we to do? How do we uh, respond to Jesus' teaching? Jesus says we've got to make a choice. You know, he's laid out the facts before us. He's done all this teaching. He says we can't sit on the fence and keep putting off making a decision indefinitely. Have you noticed there's like a sense of urgency in what Jesus is saying? Because when it's all stripped down, it sort of boils down to a matter of life and death. And Jesus is saying, enter through the narrow gate that leads to life. Enter through the narrow gate that leads to life. And you must be wondering, like, well, how do we do that? Well, in a sense, it's quite simple, really, because we're not entering through some physical way marker. The narrow gate symbolizes a person, and that person is Jesus. In John 10, verse 9, Jesus says this. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Now, some might say, well, that's pretty exclusive, isn't it? Some might even consider that to be quite offensive. But the Bible is very clear that Jesus is the only way to salvation and to life. There is no other way, as the Apostle Peter says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. We enter the narrow gate through Jesus. We enter by shedding our self-dependency of coming simply as we are, nothing else. No status, no excuses, no self-justification, no photoshopping on social media. We come just as we are. We come as God's children, broken, but nevertheless created in his image, loved by him, welcomed by him, embraced by him. But God gives us a choice. We need to come to him. We enter by God's grace through faith in Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. Jesus willingly gave up the glory of heaven for the shame of the cross for you and for me so that in and through him, we might have life in all its fullness. And Jesus is telling us, I believe, this morning that the only way to be saved, to have eternal life, is to pass through the narrow gate that is him. It's to trust in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Passing through the narrow gate leads to life. 
Now, following Jesus on the narrow road is tough. Because choosing the narrow path is, like I said at the beginning, very countercultural. You'll find yourself swimming against the tide of our secular society with all its charms and temptations. If you choose this path, you'll be misunderstood, you'll face difficulties, challenges, hardship, even persecution. Jesus doesn't say that when you choose to follow him, it's going to be easy. Quite the opposite. His way is the way of the cross. It's the path of suffering. Can we journey on this narrow road in our own strength? Can we do it all on our own? No, we can't. But Jesus walks alongside us by his Spirit. We are promised that he never leaves us or forsakes us. That's what Jesus says in his word. By his grace and in his strength, we are enabled to journey the narrow way. And as we do that, paradoxically, we find that actually we end up being in this space that is, in fact, wide. We find that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. We find grace for all the things that we encounter day by day. We find that Jesus is not distant. You know, he's not sitting on the sidelines while we struggle along. No, he leads us by example and Jesus invites us to set our foot, set our feet rather, where he's gone. Jesus has traveled this narrow road and therefore is able to help us along it. That narrow road led him all the way to the cross of Calvary. The well-known passage in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The narrow way leads to life, life in the kingdom of God, life in all its fiddleness, life that's available to each and every one of us. But it's, it's the path we need to choose on a daily basis. It's not easy, but by God's grace we can walk that path. Jesus sets before us two paths, one wide and one narrow. Which one are you going to choose to walk on this week? Jesus says to enter through the narrow gate because it is the path that leads to life. Life in all its fullness. Not an easy life, but a life that is knit together with the source of life itself, Christ Jesus a life that's marked by God's grace, not the narrowness of legalism. It's a life marked by a personal, ongoing relationship with Jesus, not simply empty religion where you just go through the motions. That's not what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for a personal relationship. And that's the kind of life that Jesus is offering us this morning. 
the question for us is, which one are we going to choose? The narrow path or the wide path? Let me close with a word of prayer. Father God, your word is life and truth. But sometimes it's really hard to hear and to accept. And perhaps this morning, these verses, um, they're really hard to take in. They're challenging. They confront us with not just our day-to-day normal life, but actually eternal life. Spiritual matters that we need to deal with. Lord, please would you help us to walk your way. And we thank you that you promise to be with us. Please would you go with us in the week ahead and all that lies before us. Please would you keep us in the center of your will and help us to journey this narrow path. And for those of us who are thinking about what all of this means for us, for them individually, Lord, would you show them? Amen.